Stem Cells at Lunch Digested is brought to you by the Centre for Stem Cells and Regenerative Medicine at King's College London. Hi everyone, uh, hi everyone that is listening to Stem Cell at Lunch podcast. Uh, today we are really lucky to have Professor Mulifa uh, Anifa with us on the call. So I'm Clarice Gagnier, a research associate at the Centre for Stem Cell and Regenerative Medicine. And today we'll uh, listen to Professor Anifa, who is a Wellcome Trust Senior Research Fellow at the uh, Newcastle University. She is a leading member of the Human Cell Atlas Initiative and a pioneer uh, in the application of single cell genomics to decode the developing human immune system and the human skin in health and disease. So if we can start to talk about you, about your background and what uh, what leads you to skin research. Thanks very much for having me on the podcast. So in response to your question about my background, well, I spent the early years of my life growing up in Malaysia and then came to the UK to study medicine. Uh, and during my medical school um, years, I did an integrated degree and found that I really loved research. So always had it in the back of my mind that I want to do research at some point, combining it with a career in medicine. Uh, and thereafter, did my junior doctoral training in, in Cambridge at Addenbrooke's Hospital and Papua's Hospital before moving to Newcastle to start my training in dentology. And it was at this point that I thought it would be perfect to try and spend some time doing research. And given my specialty being skin and my interest in immunology, I did a project which was looking at skin dendritic cells and macrophages in human. In human. Um, and that really sort of um, was so much fun. <laughs> I guess I just carried on doing more research within the field of dendritic cells, monocytes, and macrophages. After the PhD, I, I kind of thought I would expand the work further uh, and was successful in getting a welcome intermediate clinical fellowship, which essentially allowed me to further progress on the work on human mononuclear phagocytes. And what I did then was to combine or to compare the subsets in human with the subsets in the mouse uh, in those days, we used gene expression by microarray. And so we could then align and say which were the counterparts in, in human and mouse. Uh, this was really to sort of like allow us to understand the parallels between the species and so that you can better extrapolate and direct uh, mouse models to reflect uh, human biology. So that went well and uh, thereafter went on to kind of um, apply for a Welcome Senior Fellowship, again, looking at human mononuclear phagocytes, uh, but this time taking it one step further using um, single cell um, RNA sequencing in, you know, five years ago to dissect the heterogeneity of human mononuclear phagocytes. Um, and, and so the evolution was to continue working that, uh, in, a f in fields that encompass immunology, dermatology, uh, and now genomics. So how then do, you, do I bring myself to developmental biology? So when I was doing my intermediate fellowship, one of the work that I initiated out in Singapore was to look at um, human dendritic cells and macrophages in, in, in the prenatal uh, tissues, uh, looking at embryonic and fetal samples. And then I kind of like left the project 
And after coming back to Newcastle, the opportunity to be more involved in the Human Cell Atlas and, and you know, finding myself uh, in, in the same city as where one of the two human developmental biology resource was located, you know, was the perfect opportunity to expand further that work. And that is how, you know, my research currently also incorporates developmental uh, biology from the perspective of the immune system. I wanted to ask you if you can tell us a bit more about the Human Cell Atlas. So the first meeting to sort of like initiating the Human Cell Atlas was in September, October 2016. Uh, and because of my work uh, using single cell RNA sequencing to profile human blood dendritic cells and monocytes, which was a collaboration with the uh, Uh, researchers at the Broad Institute, I found myself, uh, you know, within the kind of like, uh, within the meeting and, and being so excited. I mean, I've never felt that same excitement sitting in that room and finding all of these experts from genomics, computational biology, pathology, you know, uh, clinical, all the different clinical specialties, uh, you know, basic scientists sitting there and saying, we're going to map the 37 trillion cells in the human body. How are we going to do this? I mean, this was just a moment that, you know, really kind of like um, sparked my imagination and interest. And and that was, and I knew at that point that I really wanted to be involved in this initiative. And that's why I brought the kind of like my dermatology expertise and the um you know, location in Newcastle and my previous venture into developing human immune system together uh, and thought we could look at adult skin and developing skin uh, and, and compare and contrast. And you could use the same principles for other organs as well. And because I've always thought of um, the immune system as across many compartments, it's made in one compartment in postnatal life in the bone marrow. And then you have other organs where immune cells differentiate like the thymus for the T cells and the spleen for the B cells. But then thereafter, they go, you know, via the circulation to the non-lymphoid tissues, the peripheral tissues such as skin. So it was, for me, a way that you could um, look at the different organs and then stitch them together, these modular components, to get the integrated framework of the immune system. So uh, really that's my main uh, role and contribution to the UK arm um, or efforts of the Human Cell Atlas initiative from the developing immune system and also the skin cell atlas. Right, that's that's great. I think you were like one of the key person really to work on this uh, topic for the Human Cell Atlas. This is very much like a massive consortia because you will soon realize that no one person or one lab is actually able to deliver this and it's literally working with you know many people within the UK and globally I mean you know from the skin you know um, research or skin cell atlas you know the close collaborations with Fiona Watt and yourself uh, you know and the team uh, that has helped enormously in kind of uh, delivering what we set out to do to map the different cells in you know skin and other organs. Uh, I would like to ask you now about your talk that you are going to give tomorrow. So can you just tell us a bit in advance, a bit more about it? And um, after that, can you talk to us about the application that you think that your work will lead to in the future? We'll cover most of what I've said, actually, in the talk tomorrow. I kind of wanted to bring a 
historical perspective to how I got to where I got to uh, and what we're currently doing. And as I say, for me, the atlasing work is not just simply like a, you know, a collection of cells. I guess for me, fundamentally as a clinician and somebody who strongly believes that research is ultimately to kind of like innovate uh, and improve human health and disease, there must be applications. So I, I will illustrate in my talk tomorrow some of the findings that we've uh, discovered and show how they address four things, essentially, how you know, the knowledge that we've gained can actually be used for better uh, you know, tissue regeneration and, and therapeutics application, how it can be used to understand lifespan and aging, how it can be used to understand, you know, childhood disorders, because there are quite a lot of disorders um, that have their origin in utero, and also how some of these developmental programs uh, are then co-opted in, in disease pathology. And I will illustrate from the different studies that we've done how, you know, these four areas of clinical applications um, uh, uh, where, where the findings are most relevant to. I know that the Human Cell Atlas has a huge public engagement uh, grant, and you're also really involved on that. Uh, do you enjoy doing these public engagement events, and do you think it's really essential for the next generation of scientists? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think um, my interest in public engagement has long preceded my involvement in the engagement programs within the Human Cell Atlas Initiative. Um, in fact, um, I had a, an exhibition back in 2016 called Insight Skin, Conversations Between Art and Science. And that was part of my engagement program that I uh, built into my senior fellowship. So I, I kind of always had this idea that we can disseminate our findings, the research findings, the kind of research questions uh, in different ways to get feedback from the public. Um, so usually you do you do a study, you find the, you know, you discover whatever you discover and then you present it in many ways. Um, the common ones are you write a manuscript, which are read by your peer groups and other scientists, or you present it as a talk, again, mainly to other fellow researchers or the public. Um, but I just felt that maybe there are other ways to present these things so that instead of like reading about it in, in sort of slightly turgid language, you could, you know, feel it, smell it, you know, use your other sensory organs to display it and for people to experience it. Um, and feedback on that. So the the earlier work, which was conversations between art and science, uh, where I worked with some creative artists that included a poet, a sound engineer, a digital artist. So we had several exhibits. Um, and and just to give a basic outline, they're both available on YouTube and Vimeo, they're available on a video on YouTube and Vimeo if anybody's interested. But like a, one example being we. You know, phagocytes, uh, like macrophages, they eat particles, yeah? That's that's kind of like what they do, phagocytos, meaning eating. So, you know, the, the, the sound engineer built a booth, so you're almost like phagocytosed into the booth. And then you wear headphones and there are LED displays, which shows you the cell. And then the 
uh, gene expression intensities then converted into sound so that you are engulfed and you're then looking and listening to this cell. So this was a... <laughs> so it's, it's a lot of fun and actually you learn a lot because I stayed in the um, gallery for about two days during the exhibition and interacted with the people who came so I could see how they interacted with the exhibits. Sometimes they interact with it in not the way that you intended it, but it was very interesting. And then they feed back to you and then you have a discussion. It was extremely satisfying and it allowed me to like learn a way of communicating using a different language um, to talk about my science and present the science in a different way. That's great. Thank you so much for accepting to do this podcast today. Yeah, no, and well, thank you very much. For-